Disney or any other company, Apple, Facebook, whichever company you're thinking to serve as a vendor, if you're thinking about big companies, the more specialized you are, the better for these companies because they have the budget. They can pay the best. Welcome. This is Unfolding, the show where I talk to creative business minds. My name is Marco Pfann and today we are talking to Ezekiel Abramson, which is a former vice president of global product creation at Disney and he's running his own brand consultancy now. What I really liked about talking to Ezekiel is his clarity around what small startups should learn from big corporations like Disney. Enjoy the show. Welcome everyone. Today on the show we have Ezekiel Abramson and I'm really looking forward to this conversation today. Ezekiel, do you mind taking a minute and just introduce yourself because I, I just can't. You have done so many things. Um, please. Sure. Thank you for having Marco. Um, so I'm a brand consultant. I help entrepreneurs uh, work on their brand strategy, moving away from trying to sell a product to actually build a brand. And uh, I've been working with uh, startups and founders around the world. I'm based in Madrid. I'm Argentinian, but I lived in London. So I had a journey internationally. Uh, so I'm using that expertise uh, to help them um, achieve whatever country they are. Before this, uh, I started doing this two years ago. Uh, I'm back on, on entrepreneurship. Uh, but before this, I worked for Disney for 22 years. I was an executive uh, in Disney for 20 years in Latin America and two years, almost two years in, in London for Europe. So I started um, as a freelance illustrator and graphic designer working for Disney in Argentina for Latin America. And over the years, I became the general manager of the digital businesses in the region, uh, overseeing big teams, and we can talk about it. Uh, I launched eight-figure, multiple eight-figure businesses in Latin America in digital, and we can talk about it, wow. both direct-to-consumer, and B2B. So I have both expertise based on Disney. And, um, and in 19, sorry, in 19, yes, I was offered, uh, to move to London to lead creative teams, uh, across the region. Uh, I, my team was around 150 designers, creators, product developers in our region here, uh, supporting the biggest brands. So we can talk about that as well. So that's kind of my journey. Ezekiel, this is amazing. And my plan for your questions just went out the window. <laughs> um, thanks for your introduction. Uh, but what I really want to focus on is what you've just said. Like, what I really want to laugh is how did you start eight figure businesses? Like, what oh. was your role on that? And one, one more thing that you didn't mention, you always, you, you, you not only were the channel manager, but you also became the vice president of product creation. Yeah. Right. And so you pretty much know a lot of how to start product, how to start start. It's basically a startup within Disney, right? Those things you started. Is that correct? Yeah, we, uh, we were a startup within a corporation. I became what people call intrapreneur, which is a, an entrepreneur building things mm -hmm. internally in a company. Um, uh, so when I joined Disney, I was a freelance designer doing websites 
and CD-ROMs in the 90s. So some people <laughs> will, so will don't remember what a CD-ROM was. Yeah. It was kind of a website in a CD. So you put <laughs> your CD in a PC or a computer, you will click, and then you navigate it through interactive stuff. So I, did, I used to do that. Um, so when I joined Disney in the 90s, I asked uh, in Argentina, I asked where, where are the websites, so, but they didn't have a website. So I was responsible for launching the first Spanish and supported the Portuguese launch as well in Latin America uh, back in the day. So because of okay. that, I became the internet guy, the, the online guy, uh, and I started um, getting more responsibilities uh, in the business early on. It was just online marketing. We were learning, everyone was learning what internet could do for companies, uh, what Disney could do in the digital space. It was tiny comparing to the huge other businesses. Uh, so we started studying and developing um, different things. And you know, to make it short, over 20 years, we built everything. I, I was responsible for leading teams that created the digital marketing for the company, um, the, the um, e-commerce efforts, uh, digital distribution of content, mobile content. I traveled around Latin America helping uh, mobile operators know how to download wallpapers and movies for Disney. So I became, that's how I became a business guy, making those deals. And then I started launching uh, in that time, Virtual Worlds. Uh, the last one was Clapping. It was a phenomenon around the world for kids. Uh, we developed the ad sales business in digital uh, so we built operations for clients to advertise in our digital media. Oof, uh, what else? Um, video games, apps, so, mobile development. We had internal development teams, licensed uh, businesses, so other developers would develop for us. So, so yeah. We so let me just go straight into and, and start with the hard questions. So you have a vast experience in actually launching products within a big corporation. So you actually... I guess you had all the marketing budgets you needed, things like that. So marketing and money wasn't the, the issue you had to tackle. But what I want to know from you now is what is, and I think you're, you're, you're uniquely positioned to answer this question. What is the value of branding to launching a product or a startup or a company? What is the value of a brand? Oh, it's a, it's a really good, um, a very important questions. If you're a creator and you don't know this, you should go back to books and, and, and listen to a lot of podcasts because mm -hmm. brand, uh, it's pretty much the most important thing that a business can build. I, my, I, I build a process to help entrepreneurs that I call it epicenter that I help, uh, people put, uh, customers at the epicenter of the brand because everything is around your customers and brand at the center of your business because everything in your business should uh, be aligned to your brand. So that's why okay. I call it Epicenter. Um, you probably had many people talking about this, but a brand is what people feel about a product, a service, organization, or even a person. It's like the reputation for a person. Uh, it has to be purposeful, meaning that you have to uh, build a strategy behind it uh, to evoke those feelings to uh, influence what people feel about you, you can do yeah. it. And the practice to influencing, to doing things, to uh, to create those experiences for people to feel, it's branding. That's the practice. Okay, so, so, I, 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 so this is... 
this is something this is something that that Andy Neumeyer talks a lot about right this, his concept like a, a brand is what people feel I, 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 correct me a brand is what people feel about the brand yeah about I adopted Martin Neumeyer's uh, there are many many definitions we all we are all saying the same with different words what I'm what I'm interested in is the application of a brand in a huge corporation. And the second question would be, how do you transfer what you've learned to, to startups and then the, the clients you work right now? Well, we can talk for five hours about this. <laughs> we don't have five hours. I, I know, I know. For, uh, let me give you an example. You know, uh, people, some, you know, in the past, before, you know, we, we go online, but you go to see or to check what, what's in the theaters right now. What, what mm -hmm. can we watch or, or go to, to the movies, the theater? But when it's a Disney movie, they go to the movies anyway without even knowing what type of movie is, but they okay. know that it's a Disney movie, right? Oh, okay, got it, got it. So when there's a Disney in theaters, people go, regardless what it is. Sometimes they go even knowing what the trailer is. Parents take kids. Uh, so obviously there's a huge, uh, machine, uh, so that's an indicator for quality and that's an indicator for having like what, what you're going to experience right? must in their lives. And that's mm -hmm. because over decades, Disney built positive emotions, uh, oh. around the brand. So, um, mm. we talked about feelings, emotions, right? So if you feel strong emotions about something, you're always going to remember it. That's for sure. Now, if those were positive, you're going to want to repeat that experience. If there were negative emotions, you're going to want to avoid it. So if we went to a Disney experience once and you had a great time, every time that Disney brings something to you, you're going to love it and, or, or at oh. least be interested about, right? I love that. I love that what you just said, because it comes back to what I'm doing, like uh, NLP and mindset. And it's like, like in the mind to remember something when he, ha when he can connect the feeling to it. Right. And then that becomes a positive uh, response loop. So what you're pretty much saying here is like a brand, you, you charge a brand with feelings and that feeling actually helps the customer, the audience to better remember the brand because they can attach a feeling. And what you do is like the experience you had, the, ex the, the feeling they, they connect that to the brand, right? Yeah, and and the, one of the most important parts uh, tools to to create those emotions to make people feel is storytelling, right? Mm -hmm. You tell a story, people feel they like it. Uh, I think the science have proven that when we are told stories, there's a a, yeah. a a stronger activity in our brain. It's more open to receive and feel things. So that's why yes. storytelling is very important for marketing for 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 brand. So Disney, of course, is a storytelling company and, uh, and everything it does has a story or is based in a story. So it's easier to connect emotionally with customers. Uh, so customers are actually expecting a story from, from a brand like that. But a lot of great brands have learned how Disney did uh, things uh, over the years and they've been applying that in completely different ways. Apple, for example. I, I, I talked about this before, uh, when, when Steve Jobs, uh, is kicked off, kicked out actually, uh, of uh, Apple, he started doing different stuff. One, one of the things that he did was acquiring Pixar. 
and mm-hmm. working with Pixar at Disney, launching the first animated movies in computer, computer generated uh, animation movie, True. Toy Story. And during this process, uh, it's told that Steve Jobs uh, had a breakthrough, something that he never felt before. And it was the story, the power, the power of storytelling. Before, before leaving Apple, every advertising, every effort from Apple was product centric. Yeah. You would see a computer and they will tell you we are the best. Our computer, blah, 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 blah. All yeah. features, functional stuff. When Steve Jobs come back, comes back from, from the exile uh, to <laughs> yeah. Apple and he reinvents everything at Apple, they started to uh, launch amazing campaigns with one uh, thing in common since day one until now, which they're telling stories where customers are in the story, in the center. Yeah. PC versus Mac, uh, the dancers with the AirPods. There's always a human being where we can reflect ourselves or see ourselves reflected in that story, wearing or using something from Apple. So yeah. that changed when he learned the Disney way. So what you're saying is you not only have to tell stories, but you have to tell stories around your customers. You actually have to make your customers the hero of that story. So they... That's a good, that's a good, uh, good point. Yeah, we all... So a story has characters and we like to go to the movies because we see ourselves in those stories sometimes. And those are the ones that make us feel, uh, I don't know, inspired. Um, there are frameworks to create great stories. The most famous one, uh, that, that, um, that obviously every movie you saw, uh, it's applying it is the hero's journey with, uh, with different takes and different models and, and applications. In that story, you see a hero transforming and evolving into, I would say, a journey uh, that takes um, him to um, become something new, someone mm-hmm. that he didn't know he would or she would uh, become. And in the in by facing a big problem in the world uh, and um, doing it along a mentor or a guide that they bump in somewhere in their journey that helps them beat the, the bad guy or the problem. The problem could be an asteroid, Darth Vader, you know, you name it. Uh, and a lot of brands are using this. Uh, I, I help a lot of entrepreneurs build their story based on this. Uh, yeah. On this. Let, let, let me, let me get into that. That's what I want to know. How do you actually apply what you have learned in your career of, I think like over 22 years, right? Um, how do you uh, help your current clients apply those principles. Basically, how do you incorporate storytelling into branding? Um, so when I when I left Disney, I by the way, uh, over those two decades that I, I led the digital efforts in in a region for Disney, and and I was connected to the global operations. Um, I was always connected to the technology world. Um, I. I mentor startups. Disney acquired a lot of startups. Okay. I participated in that. Uh, I, I, I was, um, I, I witnessed, uh, hundreds of pitch days or demo days in accelerators or, or I have friends with uh, virtual, sorry, venture capital. So I've been always forever connected to this world. I invested in companies. I founded companies as well. 
And I always knew that when I left Disney, I would either become an entrepreneur or help entrepreneurs. And I did both now, uh, when I, when I left. Uh, so, uh, but the thing that I found when I left Disney is that you, Disney is so big, has so much budget, so, so high level aspirations that when I started helping small companies, uh, companies of one, uh, the tools that I knew, uh, were too big, too, yeah. uh, too demanding, you know, uh, required a lot of quality that maybe, uh, some entrepreneurs or startups can, can apply. So I had to, yeah. So I had to unlearn, like, un, you know, take away those learnings and put new things. So I started studying again and reading a lot of books. I read more books in these two years than my entire life. Uh, I did courses and certifications and I talked to great uh, entrepreneurs asking what they needed. I, I did a lot of work to, mm-hmm. to reimagine what I, what I knew in order to package it in a way that I can help. So that's the long introduction to how I help. Um, the first thing you need to know who you are and, and, and what do you want to achieve? Call it purpose, vision, mission, whatever, values, aspiration, goals, whatever you know you want to become, you need to have clarity about this because it, that gives you the direction. Mm-hmm. So once you know the direction you want to go or you want your company to, uh, to go, uh, then you start building the ammunition for you to make that happen. And that comes, uh, I think along with understanding what's the context of that direction, how many competitors you have, what's mm-hmm. what you do, uh, who's doing the same things for whom are you doing? Who's your core customer or, or the type of problems you want to solve in the world. Right. Um, and so understanding that, uh, that problem or that uh, pain that you're helping cure or, or, yeah. or relief, um, understanding who's actually doing that for them, which might be your competitor and could be direct or indirect competitors and, and eventually deciding what's your difference. What's make, what makes you unique? Why are they going to choose you instead of others? Um, whether you're a graphic designer or a production company, you might have something that is a little bit different from the rest. How can you put it in a way that people perceive that uh, difference, that higher value uh, mm-hmm. from you? Could be your personality, could be part of your process, could be the quality of your talent, could be a specific knowledge about technical aspects of solving that problem, could be your connections to other uh, things in the ecosystem that you're, you're working on. It's, it can be anything. And once you define all of that, which is really strategic, then you start developing what I call uh, the brand expression. So you kind of provide a little bit of personality to your brand. You decide what type of brand you want. Okay. Uh, you develop the storytelling, the narrative. Uh, and then last but not least, identity. And I always re- recommend thinking about the identity in for the five senses. So this, the, ah, okay. apart uh, from the visuals, which everyone thinks, right? Like um, the, the identity is, uh, is visual, right? Logos, typography, and all of that. But you can develop your identity with sound, with smell, with touch. If, 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 you, if your product or the deliverable has something physical, you can actually design 
what people are going to feel tactile experience and and if it's a box or it's a it's an experiential service you can actually smell something uh not even talking about food if it's taste if it's a food service or or you have a space that serves coffee for example i don't know so you need to think about the full length of what an identity is because everything helps you create emotions and feelings i don't know if i made it too complex Mm, no, we'll see. Um, but I do have questions. Um, so what you said, I mentioned in the very beginning, uh, is you said, so a lot of the things that big corporations apply on the marketing and branding and stuff is not available as a tool or as a strategy for smaller companies because they basically just don't have the budgets, right? Or the manpower, which comes back to budgets again. What? But what, and, and here's something I want to know from you. What do you think startups or smaller companies need to do, but you know they are afraid to do? Oh, I love that question. That's my favorite one because I, I talk about this. But let me tell you one thing before this. Okay. Um, so Disney or any other company, Apple, Facebook, who, who, Whichever company you're thinking to serve as a vendor, if you're thinking about big companies, the more specialized you are, the better for these companies because they have the budget. They can pay the best. So yeah. they don't know, they don't need a generalist, uh, an agency that serves social media, website, uh, logos, uh, video production, uh, and uh, voiceovers and, and, uh, you know, uh, grassroots, uh, uh, activities, uh, on a, on a shopping mall. Disney has the budget. Facebook has the budget to, to hire a specific solu uh, solver to one thing, best quality, right? So if you want to work with big companies, you have to specialize and be the best in something. They have the money to pay for the best. If you want to, uh, if you are going to serve small businesses, you need to be a generalist because of that, because they don't mm -hmm. have the budget. So for little money, they need a lot of value. And that's fine. If you, uh, you can be as four to six points out of 10 in everything, like yeah. a balanced ser server, but for a company, they are not demanding 10 uh, points. I, love that. I never heard it that way. This is amazing. So what you, I'm quickly going to repeat this so I can actually remember it myself. <laughs> but what you said, that, that's amazing. Like, um, uh, if you want to work for big corporations, for big brands, you kind of need, you, you'd need to specialize, right? But if you want to, help smaller budget, uh, smaller companies, maybe even uh, mid-sized companies, it's more like for them, it's better to be a generalist, right? So they can do more things, maybe even everything at once. So a one, yes. let's just call it a one-stop shop. Yes. Um, that's, yeah. I always use this analogy about uh, a, a small town and a big city. Like um, in a small town, you have the general store where mm -hmm. they sell tires, uh, I don't know, dresses, food, uh, mobile services, because they don't have enough critical mass in that city to yeah. have specialized stores. So they sell everything there. So in New York, for example, you can have a, a tiny store that sells only chocolate ice cream all day, right. all year, and they make millions. Why? Because they have enough critical mass to be the best chocolate ice cream in the world that is sold in one town, sorry, in one store 
in New York, right? So my point is, the smaller the market, the broader the offer. The, the, the bigger the market, the uh, narrower the offer should be. And that's the same thing with the size of your client. That's, that's amazing. So this is amazing. So then now let's get back to the original question. What do small companies need to do, but that they are afraid of doing? Is that the... Yeah, I think it's thinking. Thinking, okay. Um, I, I talk a lot about the need to stop doing and start thinking a little bit more. Um, mm. A lot of entrepreneurs that I know, that I meet, that I work with, are in this uh, hustle culture of doing, doing, doing traction, mm. yeah. you know, launching fast, uh, you know, learning fast. Um, and and it's, it's an ecosystem that is hysterically operating in the speed mode. And then we ask why most of startups crash and, and it's because they are, they're driving a very, very fast car in, in, in a very narrow street with a lot of traffic, right? That's a great picture. Yes. So, so, so sometimes you need to slow down a little bit and think things through, okay. uh, have a, a plan to operate, uh, hypotheses, experiments to see, okay, if I do this or that, what's the outcome first before doing, and then learning about those. Uh, building strategy. That's what I do. Helping people build strategies uh, before. Um, the way I explained it before as well is, let's say that you're right, racing Formula One, and then you decide uh, to um, kick off the race on the 14th line, just because mm -hmm. you don't have time to think, right? So let's go back. Yeah. Uh, but if you have a strategy, if you start before launching, if you're a startup, um, you start thinking about what's the long-term range, even if you don't have the money to live for 10 years, but at least you know what you want to achieve in 10 years. Okay. You have a clear vision of what you need to, um, what you need to do and what you want to solve for your customers. Um, then it's going to be easier for you to make decisions in the short term because the short so term is going to be, it's going to be, sorry, functional to the long term. So what you're saying is with a strategy, you actually start in the pole position and with a strategy, without a strategy, you're, you're kind of in the back and that's just because you just wanted quickly to get into the race. I, I think it's when you know where you're going, yeah. um, there are no distraction in the middle. Mm. Like uh, the short term is not going to let, let you, yeah, uh, okay. so you, not you, going to obstacle because you know where you're going. So a lot of those, if you don't know the, the, the long range, the short term is your reality and you don't know further, right? So you can see where are you going? And maybe you, because of you focusing on only on the short term, you will, one day you will see where you are and you ended up somewhere that you didn't know or didn't want mm -hmm. just I because you didn't plan where, where to go. Right. I love that. And sorry for interrupting you all the time, but you really trigger me with, the, with, the, with your comments. Uh, but that's amazing. So what you're saying is like, a, and I love that. It's like, because this hustle culture, right? It's true. A lot of startups, a lot of entrepreneurs these days, they, they don't think in the way you'd explained it. Um, doing is important. I, I have a lot of clients that don't do, they just strategize too much. Of course. But on the other hand, you can go too far and too deep into hustling, doing, launching, things, things, things. 
and but don't think about what you're doing and, no, and not having that long-term strategy and by that you actually um you're not consistent right you're, you're just changing directions all the time yeah and I, i'm not saying that you know, some people say paralysis for yeah. it's like yeah you stop you, you, you the only thing you do is analyzing things then you're not moving forward mm -hmm. but i think it's the, the right balance between having the right strategy and thinking the strategy with the execution in mind, right? So the reason why you have a strategy is to execute. That's why you're building a strategy. Uh, if you have a strategy, the execution is going to be better. I can guarantee. No one that yeah. have, uh, have go, gone through a strategic process uh, had a bad outcome unless the execution is really bad. Right. Um, but if you're executing all the time, not knowing where are you going, yeah. uh, you, you might end up uh, building a business you didn't want. Or, for example, attracting the wrong customers uh, because they are not willing to pay more for your service. Mm -hmm. And that's because you didn't think through, okay, where do I get those clients? What do I say to these clients to actually uh, raise my price? Uh, what are they used to pay, uh, to, to buy or purchase or consume, uh, around those customers so I can stand out and differentiate myself, elevate my offer around those. If you go to the market to say the same things that others are saying, you're not adding something new or different. So they are not going to value more from those clients. Um, um, there's a psychological advantage that brands brings. Uh, to any business. It's psychological because if they perceive the brand, your business, uh, more positively, it's more likely that they are going to, uh, in their minds, um, um, attribute a higher value over your okay. offer, right? Mm -hmm. Because it looks great. It, it sounds great. You're saying the, the, the right things to the right customer. So they are going to say, okay, this is great. This is for me. I need them, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And they are, they are open, they, technically or theoretically, they are, they are more open and, and primed to pay for more. And I always give this example. We, you know, this is an iPhone and we pay more than what this piece of technology does for our lives. And the premium that we pay for is the brand. Mm -hmm. I love how you connected. Um, I actually love how you, how you pointed out that If you have the wrong customers or wrong clients, whatever it is, it's because you're using the, the wrong message um, to the wrong people, right? Basically, so you actually, actually attract people that may not be able to afford your services or may not understand your services and you're, you're left with basically crickets, nothing. Um, so that's, that's a bad business decision or that's actually a failure of, of marketing and branding. Um, I want to be personal. I want to get personal for a moment and you don't have to answer that question, but I love asking that question. Um, what was your biggest failure or what, what was your, what was your worst business decision and what did you learn from it? Let me, I mean, we all make, we all make the wrong oh, calls at sometimes, right? I fucked up so many times. <laughs> um, and, and, um, 
Let me let me give you a, a, a recent one. Uh, I over I was overthinking content. You and I talked about this before. Um, I was reluctant to post and share my thoughts uh, on on LinkedIn or or any other social media just because I I was super demanding uh, excellence from from me. So I demand excellence from others. So I was putting more, a lot of pressure of. Uh, on, on the type of content I was creating. So I, I used to post once a week or, or twice a week and a good week just because I, I just, I was afraid or, or I didn't like it and I was overthinking it. Uh, and, uh, and then one day I said, you know, I need to break this. And I started posting every day. I started uh, evolving and, and, and expressing what I, what I thought, you know, having my opinions and, and sharing, uh, to the, to the right audience, um, my expertise and, and my business started to grow, started to grow when I unlocked, uh, the content that I was for some reason keeping for me. And I yeah. started, uh, sharing it with the world. Um, the right customers started to understand, uh, that I know what I'm talking about, that, uh, that I celebrate what I do. And, and I also, because I got some messages, I helped other people to, to, you know, get inspired about doing the same because they saw the growth. So, so that's the latest breakthrough I had, uh, on, 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 on a worse decision, which was, uh, keeping content for me, not for uh, That's such a big thing. And then this is like for everyone out there is probably the biggest thing at this moment in time, actually understanding that, I mean, you just described it perfectly, right? You try to be excellent and that was actually holding you back from people, from sharing your message to the right people. And now, and I know your posts, they're not bad. They're, they're amazing. They're good. It's not like you, you didn't down, downplay the quality just because you now post daily. So what happened there? Well, the, the thing is, um, the more I write, the more I learn about me, about what I think, what I, what I, what I have in my mind. You put it on paper, you, you go through, you edit, and then you share it with the world. It doesn't matter. The work is done. I learned something I, and I did something for, for, for capitalizing on that, that learning yeah. curve. So, so what happens later, uh, it's something that I learned how to, um, I'm looking, I'm not looking for likes or, uh, or comments. I'm not really right. pressured about the traffic, although it's something that we creators need. Um, uh, I'm more focused on creating great value and, and by, by doing so, I learn more and I investigate things. I have a different view of things and that makes me a better consultant. That makes me a better professional, I guess. So this posting is actually like, is that like a, how could you call it? Is that like a, is this helping you to get better at your craft? I do. Yeah, I do. Um, and I, I do what I preach, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay. So I, um, I'm, I'm trying to build a story, uh, about, uh, the type of clients I, I help. If you look at my content, you are going to see three, four, five things. One is I talk to one specific audience, not to everyone. Uh, I always talk about brand, brand strategy, creativity. I'm really narrowed in the topic. I don't talk 
Of course, one every 20, I can talk about football or, or something new that happens to my life, but, but I try to be really tight into the specificity um, of what I do. So people perceive the, the one thing that they need to understand. Mm-hmm. How can I help them? What do I know that I, that can help them um, solve any problems? So that's why I, I focused on that. The other thing is uh, I experiment all the time. Every day I change the formats. I use images or not. This word, the other. I repeat posts to see if twisted something. I, mm-hmm. I learned nice. something new, um, which is something that um, requires a lot of time. Uh, I invest two hours a day on LinkedIn, for example, to to create or post or read uh, overall. So, so it's demanding, but it's useful. It has a return. Do you have fun doing that? I have. I yeah. I, I've been always um, a creator since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so creativity is my life. So, in this part of my life, I'm creating in a way. Uh, that serves this purpose. I'm an artist too, so I create in different ways of camera. Um, but um, but yeah, I think it. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, because I'm learning a lot. So, Etkil, I want to be super respectful of your time. I know you have a call coming up. Um, but one more question, if you don't mind. What? And you know, my 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 audience is mostly creative entrepreneurs. And since you're coming from the same, you have the same background, what is your message to the creative community? I think you need to dream big, really, really big. I didn't tell you the story. When I was, uh, when I was 13, I was in first year of high school, you know, in every country, they call it different. And a teacher asked us to write in a paper, where, how do you see yourself in 10 years? Uh, and I wrote down, I see myself working at Disney. Ooh. <laughs> that was 88. I was 13. And uh, I was just an enthusiast about art. I was studying art design, uh, sorry, not design, um, illustration. I, I was okay. copying artists. I was a kid. Uh, 10 years later, I was working for Disney, drawing the characters for Disney and they were paying for me. And I didn't realize this until I met with that teacher that reminded me that I, I had written that paper in a reunion. Wow. I didn't know. So, so I, uh, the f- very first day I worked for Disney, I, I, a dream came true. And then I had to create new dreams, bigger dreams, right? So uh, I got in love of technology and I dreamed about building big things for, for kids around Latin America or families and, and you know the story, but, um, but dreaming big, uh, can help you achieve better things, regardless if you get what you dreamed, but probably trying to get there, you're going to at least move forward and not get in stock. I love it. That's a perfect message. I really, I really appreciate everything you said today. This is, was an amazing interview. Um, thanks for your time. Oh, and I hope you. I have you, uh, you agree to be on the show again sometime. Let's do it. Cool. Um, so this was Ezekiel Abramson and we talked about how and why you should dream big and what big corporations or what big corporations can tell us about starting a company and actually marketing and branding our venture. Thanks for your time and I'm looking forward to seeing you again.